Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast where we explore personal lives touched by assisted reproductive technology, and we explore those stories. I'm Ellen Trackman. I'm an attorney specialized in assisted reproductive technology law, and am honored to co-host this podcast with my sister, Jennifer White. Hi, I am the co-director of Bright Futures Families, which is also Colorado surrogacy, Montana surrogacy, and New Mexico surrogacy. And I think today is a a really special episode because I get the honor of, uh, I I won't say interviewing, I think that they did a pretty good (laughs) job of interviewing themselves, uh, but getting to sit down and have a really great talk with um, my sister Ellen and her husband Will Trackman regarding their story of their birth from their first child. Is really touching and incredible. Which is dramatic. Stay tuned. There's a court case where I go into labor in court. There's a man's life at stake. It's it's good. Good stuff. In my humble opinion. And there is a bonus episode at the a bonus to the bonus episode at the end where we do a very short interview, very sweet interview with the product of that birth, my now seven-year-old daughter. So stay tuned. Enjoy. So I'm super excited that we are going to be recording a bonus episode or bonus interview because we are with Ellen and Will Trackman uh, talking about Ellen's birth story of her first child. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to hear these stories from their perspective because, of course, from you know my perspective as sister, I was worrying about far different things at the time. And I mean, I, I, I can't wait to hear what they have to say. So I'm going to just chuck it right at you, Ellen. Well, and it's very special that Will is joining us as uh, the father of the child in question, who was also there for the experience. Um, But I thought uh, we would start at the beginning. Uh, Will, did you always want kids? Hi, hi. So I definitely always did want kids, and I'm honored to be a guest here. This is actually my podcast debut this is congratulations that is exciting wow do you do you want to introduce yourself in any way like the father and sure sure so i'm i'm will trackman ellen and i have been married since 2009 and uh growing up as a little boy i always knew that i wanted to have a big family of my own and i think i said i wanted four kids so wow wow good job (laughs) Um, things to have goals yeah so uh i guess we just want to dive into our our story which i feel like has a lot of ups and downs but um but we we found out we were pregnant in 2009 kind of shortly after we were married and uh do you want to tell the story of kind of the the first 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 scare yeah actually uh before we do that i think all I don't know if you remember this, but we found out that you were pregnant when uh, we came home um, and my father, unfortunately, was in the hospital and uh, he was you know, not doing well, but he was still conscious. And so we wanted to tell him that we were pregnant. And so I, I think it was my idea to show him the actual pregnancy. Oh my God. Yes. And so in, in his so. hospital bed, he's like, what is this? What? what am I looking at? Oh, you know, it's our pricey test. And then he opened it. Um, 
just the like stick that like open the plastic and took the stick out yeah, that you peed like, on. Uh, <laughs> the tip car that you pee on, like actually, that's where I peed. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, and my poor father on his deathbed didn't understand that you're not supposed to do that. And uh, but anyway, so we verbally conveyed that we were pregnant. Uh, my father before he passed away, passed away within, within a few weeks, a few weeks of that. But he knew that. Uh, our daughter was on the way, despite the uh, comical circumstances. Uh, so we uh, we went to uh, uh, OBGYN a few weeks after that. And uh, at the time, we were living in uh, San Francisco. We went to, I think, uh, UC, uh, I won't mention the, the OBGYN, but he was doing uh, some kind of analysis on your um, HGC levels. And wasn't finding what she expected to find, and so uh, conveyed to us that the pregnancy wasn't going to take, which which obviously was a, a big heartbreak for us. But she um, she said, I think something like, you know, we can bring you back in a in a couple of weeks for a DNC to you know, clear you out. Yeah, I, my memory was like even more more dramatic that they called us, so we did blood tests and assumed everything was normal, and they called us at home on my cell at like 9 p.m. and said hey your levels aren't looking looking how they should go to the er and we not the er but the ob i guess the the delivery labor wing of uc um so we went to the hospital that night and i remember it was so full that we had to wait standing in the hall for almost an hour while all these people were giving birth around us this, this and they finally brought us really in. familiar like do we both have this history <laughs> of having hcg problems is this what it is it's it's us right yes yeah so they took us in and they did an ultrasound they're, they're like looking at it, like uh oh, you know that oh. and then she like brings another another person in and they're like oh, you know and they're like it just doesn't it doesn't look look right or it doesn't look like um, it should. And, you know, I think the answer is that we'll, we'll go ahead and give you a week, but in a week, come back and we'll probably need to schedule a DNC. And it was like this, this terrible week. I, I remember just holding you on the bed as we were both you know, down in the dumps. Um, it was in our old apartment in San Francisco. Um, and it was just a really sad, couple of days because we didn't know what was happening and then even when we went back in a week um there was a radiologist and there was these big signs everywhere in the room that said do not ask the radiologist questions the radiologist cannot answer any of your questions and of course we're like dying to ask questions so she's like doing her thing we're like um we know we can't ask questions but but what 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 are you doing what what's up (laughs) and she's like oh just measuring the fetal pole and we're like oh rejoice like just the fact there was like a fetal pole to measure was this amazing incredible thing and she just told us you know super incredible information that was was great yeah yeah that was that was an amazing moment because you know i re- i sort of expected her to not only scold us but tell the doctor on <laughs> right tried to, they tried to ask me questions against the signs right. um and i remember my question was what are you measuring <laughs> right so I figured that was that was an innocent enough question where she she could say I can't tell you um, if that if, if if that were the answer right right um so okay. so you got past that so, obviously right we we now we get we get the good news yeah 
Okay. Yeah. So we know we're pregnant. Um, what did we do? We went crazy. No. It, so like, like good attorneys, like good scholarly um, research people. I, I mean, maybe I went a little crazy where I was like, I need to take classes. How does this work? What do I do? Um, and so I signed up for a Bradley method class, which I did not know kind of the intensity of what that was when I signed up, signed us up for it. And it was like, it was a 12 week, you know, now I know that other people do like a day, you know, or a couple hour class, but this was uh, twice a week, three hours on Wednesday night and like six hours on Saturday for 12 weeks. It was, it was a really intense class. Um, Yeah. Sweetie, do you remember this class? Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't fully remember what I thought going in. Because I, I can't re- I can't recall if I knew what Bradley method was when we signed up for it. I think I, I think we were on the phone and we were talking about birth class and it was our first kid, uh, so we needed to know how to you know right. Was, you want to do it right, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. We were invested, right? I mean, we we had nothing. We had no other kids to take care of, so we had plenty of time, uh, at least outside of our lawyer jobs. And so uh, I guess you know maybe we Googled Bradley method. After a or book birth or classes, I don't think I would have known the word Bradley. I think I would have just done birth classes. Yeah, I remember that you were reading a book at some point, but I don't know if that was before or after. But we we show up for what is essentially the most San Francisco birth class that you could possibly imagine. Intense and uh, all na- all natural. And I think I'll let Ellen describe some of the other things that were part of it. Uh, well, it was amazing. I, I mean, looking back, now that I know so much more, but I, it wasn't just like, oh, all natural, going with that medication, it's a great option. It was like, this is the way to do it. We were meant, you know, our bodies were meant for this and hospitals are evil. I mean, I don't think they use the word evil, but it was like hospitals have these t- ticking time frames and look at these C-section rates. They're at least 30% and the United States is doing this wrong. And I mean, it was very, <laughs> it was really pretty anti, anti-hospital generally um, and very anti procedures and c-sections not not taking into account that you can't do a c-section at home so therefore there's a zero percent c-section rate at home right i mean is that the uh yeah how to lie with statistics 101 yeah (laughs) i mean it was everything it was like cord clamping they do that too soon and the vitamin k in their eyes and the i mean like every little procedure like had a lot of like that's not natural um, and maybe I misremember, but that is how I remember it. There was very, um, you know, hospitals, they have their agenda and that is not consistent with the best interests of the woman or the child. So, so did you actually finish the entire class? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. All right then. Um, we actually, so because of this like intense diligence, we were only 12 weeks along when we started the class and everyone else in the class was much further along. And I thought it was hilarious that one of my favorite people to this day now, um, who was in the class, she was like 35 weeks at this time. I don't know. She was like about to give birth, um, during this class. And she like had not told her work yet. And like wore these suit jackets that just somehow like magically made her just look a little larger, you know, not pregnant at all. And she's like a very tiny person. So it was, it was very impressive. Um, but no, so we uh, so we had to do ice exercises where we hold we held ice and had to practice dealing with the pain. Um, wow, and, that's intense! And for our spouse to support us by um, chanting with us or 
rubbing our backs or um, whatever other technique they were suggesting. Uh, they also showed a lot of birth videos, which uh, my friend who was, <clears throat> was hiding her pregnancy would refer to as birth porn, which is pretty, pretty <laughs> fair because you're like watching a baby come out of a vagina and it is it is in there and it's graphic. Like, so so we did watch a lot of a lot of birth porn. You guys may want to put in the show notes here that this is not safe. Most of them aren't. <laughs> yeah. right. We're okay yeah. with that. That's, that's right. We should do that. Good idea. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then we also, in addition to the Bradley Method class, um, Sweetie, do you want to talk about the other class we took? Yeah. So we took, I think, a one day or maybe a two two day over the course of a couple of weekends hypnobirthing class, which was sort of the same type of um, class where it was very San Francisco. And I remember going around in a circle. Everyone in the class had to say what their plan was. You know, how far along are you, and where are you giving birth? And we we at the time were planning on giving birth in a birth center. And I remember that being sort of like the conservative. Part, like what one couple did say hospital, but everyone else was either a home birth or some kind of like outdoor in the in the forest. <laughs> You're gonna um, squat in the forest wherever they were standing at the time. I mean, it, was, it, was yeah. it was like home birth, home birth, like in the woods. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. we, we were like the like the next most conservative was you know birth center with no doctor, and then and then somebody else was hospital, and I, I'm sure. Uh, a chorus of gasps went up when when that comes. <laughs> right. Even for us, a birth center, uh, which is funny because you know, working, I was working at a big firm at the time, and some of my my colleagues at this law firm were like, "That you're going to a birth center? That is negligence. Like you're, if something happens to your baby, that's that's on you." I mean, it was really, it was enough that I was really torn, and ev- so we kept going back and forth about whether we would go ahead and give birth. So we've been kind of being seen also by a birth center, but still going to a hospital for checkups. And so we kind of were torn between, at least I was very torn between actually giving birth in a hospital versus giving birth at this, this hippie um, birth center. And uh, I say that's a really interesting perspective to live in a place that is much more, you know, open to things like that. And, but work in a profession that you know liability and things like that are really always on your mind right uh and i i thought it was pretty funny so when we first were checking out there's only one birth center in san francisco at the time and i was like, traveling for work i think when they had their orientation so will do you do you remember the orientation yeah yeah so ellen was out of town and you know i was a very active uh you know expecting dad and so I figured, well, I'm just going to check out the birth center on my own. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I can report back to Ellen and I would send her the pictures. But uh, my mother was visiting San Francisco with me uh, that weekend. And so, you know, what the heck, I'll just bring my mom uh, to the birth center. And, you know, it's San Francisco, so people are pretty tolerant of, you know, odd looking couples. But they were very confused as like as to what was happening. My mother and I were, and you know, for all they knew, we were a, a couple, and um, just you know, checking out the birth center, maybe making a weekend of it. But uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you you know, you don't you don't know awkwardness until you've like done a, a complete tour of um, a birth center with you know ten expecting couples with you and your mom, and then if, you know, there's, there's no real forum where you explain what happens, like what's the relationship between you. And the 
other person you're with, other people. So, you know, I just would have, I would have liked to have heard their mental thoughts about who these people were that we're walking through. Yes, because we all make up stories in our heads about everybody we see. So, yes, I totally would have been like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> oh, okay, so you guys are ready, right? You're, you're getting through this. Is there anything else major prep you had to do? Yeah. I mean, I will say even with like deciding about the birth center, um, I, the owner who's a midwife, I, I found her like a little abrasive when we talked to her. And I was just thinking like, oh, I don't know if that's a good personality fit for someone who's going to be there while I'm in terrible pain. But they're like, oh, no. So we were talking to someone at the birth center. They're like, don't, no, no worries. We have so many midwives. And so they signed us to this like very sweet woman who was just like, you know, uh, so gentle and kind. I was like, great. She seems like a great fit. And uh, when it came closer, she's like, oh, just so you know, I'm going on vacation for a couple of weeks, but don't worry. I'll be back within two weeks of your birth. So no big deal. So just, just, <laughs> Famous last word. Just a little buildup. Famous last word every yeah. time. No big deal. Uh, so in addition, so with this Bradley class, um, so the teacher, you know, she was very persuasive and taught a lot. We decided we would hire her as our doula for the birth. So another support person to be there for the birth. So that that seemed great. And um, that was part of the plan. Okay. So, uh, so... Uh, back to back to work, back to normal life. So I'm working at this big big law firm. I'm doing hedge fund work, but I also am doing pro bono cases on the side because I really feel passionate about pro bono work. And I've been doing asylum cases for a couple of years. And specifically, I've taken this one asylum case and actually have been ongoing for four years. And really, you know, really kind guy, really deserved to be able to stay in the United States and not be sent back to his home country where clearly he would have been murdered. Um, but he had a tough time communicating and really, um, even during the interview process, it was really hard for them to understand him or find him believable just because of the way he communicated. But I'd worked with him for so long. I, I knew I knew his story. I, I believed him. I knew his story in and out. It was just really hard for him to communicate in a direct way that we in the United States were, were used to. So we had multiple hearings in front of the immigration court. And three weeks before my due date, we were scheduled for what I knew would be our final hearing in immigration court before an immigration judge. We had multiple witnesses lined up. We had the psychologist who'd been working with him for mental health. We had another person from his country who'd been, who'd witnessed this and been through this. Everything was ready. And we were, I was certain there'd be a ruling on this, on this case. Um, but because it was so close to my due date, I decided it would be, um, it would be prudent to have co-counsel. So I enlisted another associate at this firm to, to co-counsel with me and be there for, for this hearing and be available if I somehow weren't available to do this hearing. So, um, <clears throat> and also it turned out the partner who had been supervising me decided he wanted to come to this hearing as well. So good times. Anyway, uh, so the morning of the hearing, the hearing scheduled for 8.30, I wake up at 4.30 and I am nervous. Of course. You know, like with hedge fund work, you know, I just, you know, I just crashed the economy. No big deal. But, you know, with asylum, this guy's life is at stake and it's dependent, you know, it's riding on me. It's a lot. So I wake up and I'm just like, I'm having the worst on the cramps. I'm super nervous. Um, and these cramps, like they keep like coming in waves. That's <laughs> right. what that might be. Uh, so, uh, so normally I would walk the, we lived in Soma in San Francisco and I'd walk downtown to work. And I was just like feeling bad enough. I asked Will if he would drive me to work that morning and he said, yes. So I get to work and I am 
noticing that these these cramps they are they're coming on they're, they're fairly intense they seem to be about i'm still at my office yeah they're, they're becoming more frequent and i'm noticing that the time gaps are becoming shorter between these terrible cramps but i, I have multiple thinkings on my thoughts on this like one um so i my best friend had given birth fairly like a, maybe a year or two a couple of years earlier where i had tried to fly out for the birth and one, she had false labor multiple times where she called me and she's like, I'm having contractions, like come now. And I'm like, okay, book a ticket. And then she's like, oh no, it stops, you know? And that happened a couple of times. So I was thinking like one, you know, this is probably false labor. And then two, you know, even if it's real labor, this is my first child. I've got time, you know, I've got, sure. you know, 24 hours, 48 hours. These things take a long time. And I have an 830 hearing, so I should be able to do this hearing and then I should be fine. No problem. So, so I go to court, still having these ongoing cramps. I put my client on the stand. And um, at this point, I have my, my co-counsel um, doing the, the examination. Uh, and these, are, these cramps are getting, they're getting bad. I'm, I'm in terrible pain. And I am just doing the best I can to keep um, a poker face that I'm not like grimacing when my client is answering a question. I don't have to look like, oh, don't answer that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, 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 don't answer that. No, so, but it gets so intense that I ultimately I, I tell the judge, I'm like, excuse me, I my apologies, I need to take a quick recess. So I go to the restroom and uh, so if there's children listening, I apologize, explicit, about to be explicit. Uh, there's just like lots of blood. And I was like, oh, okay, that's combined with these like cramps and this terrible pain. This is probably not good. I should probably go. So I go back to the courtroom and I'm like, uh, my apologies. I'm going to excuse myself. You guys continue. You guys seem, seem good. You know, I got co-counsel, everything's set up, everything's ready. And she offers for a continuation. I was like, no, no, everything's, everything's good to go. Like you guys keep going. I will just take myself to the hospital. <laughs> I, I'm going to have a baby okay. now. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah. <laughs> So I call Will and I was like, hey, this this is happening. Like, can you come get me and take me to the hospital? And I think he was like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I have to shower and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'll get uh, around to it. <laughs> is that not right? Had, had that conversation uh, go. Funny thing is, like, you you have memories that I don't have and I have memories that you don't have. So it's like we're piecing together the day together in real time. So I had forgotten that I drove you to work. To get to court, I must have get, driven you early because I came back to shower and I was working for a big law firm and my hours were pretty flexible. You know, I could I could get in at ten if I was willing to work till eight. So uh, I had come home, I had showered, and instead of like just getting ready for work, I was just like g chatting with a friend of mine in the buff. Nice, and, uh, more explicit. Thanks. Yeah, 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 didn't need that one. Children, so, close, close Thank you. Uh, in the buff means in my buff, my Colorado University <laughs> Buffalo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I am. Uh, I get a call. I guess the first call was from Ellen, but the second call was from the partner saying, yes. "You got to get down here, man. Like this is this is going down." Uh, and so, like, and I, I by that point I was about to be at the door, but of course the second call made it a lot scarier for me. So, uh, so, and I will say on my side, I am pacing in front of the, the immigration court building on Montgomery street. And the partner had followed me down and he is, he is clearly stressed. He is like timing it. And he was like, 
that's two minutes apart. That is not good. <laughs> like he is, he is very stressed. So I remember him asking me for my phone to call you. And I was like, no, he's on his way. No big deal. <laughs> but yeah, he, I definitely remember him calling you. Did, did you, the partner have children? So had he, be, had he been through this himself? Yeah, yeah he had a couple children. Ah, uh, yeah. That's why he knew. So, so I jump in the car and the distance between where we were living and downtown wasn't that far, but it's still San Francisco, so the the traffic is not good. And I don't I don't know how long it was, but I was I was surely weaving in and out of traffic, um, getting to downtown San Francisco, driving dangerously. Luckily, I didn't uh, get into an accident. But I get I get to immigration court and um, have Ellen jump in the car. And at that point, I assumed that we were going to the birth center, but I guess. I guess the it was an open question about whether we try to go to the hospital just because it was happening so fast. I, I remember distinctly the conversation being like, uh, "This is terrible. This is incredible pain. Like this is not ice. You know, this is this is awful. Take me to the hospital now. I'm dying." And I remember you commenting and saying, "The birth center is closer." And I was, I was like, about to ask that. It was closer. <laughs> and I was like, part. "Fine, birth center it is then." And then you called. Yes. Then you and- called. Right. And so I, I called the proprietor of the birth center who we had not been a big fan of. Uh, and she said, oh, you know, I'm sure it's false labor. Just go home and take a shower. And <laughs> what happened? See, that's, uh, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. And, and remember that the person that we had been working with, she was on vacation until two weeks before the due date. And of course, this was Three uh, weeks, almost right? our due date yeah so not only was this woman not very understanding but she she was where we were headed so uh we said no we're gonna keep coming we'll see you in 20 minutes we'll um we'll be there she was in the mission district directly across the street from a medical marijuana dispensary nice Uh, in like this back alley with homeless people sleeping on the ground in front of it i mean it was it was a pretty uh dark alley yeah it was it was it was dodgy. <laughs> That's not a place where you envision your birth happening usually. But again, it's San Francisco, so uh, kind of par for the course. Sure. So, so do you had- like drive up and roll Ellen out of the car, basically? <laughs> Throw well, her in. As we were driving, I was trying to do all these techniques, like you know, trying to do the breathe. So one of the breathing techniques that they taught us in the breath method class was to put a hard H before your breathe. So you you would say something like "ho" or. Ah, and that was supposed to, you know, relieve some of the um, pressure of the contraction. And so I started doing that with Ellen and it, you know, you feel ridiculous when you're doing it. Um, and Ellen was having none of it. She was like, shut the F up. I am, I am, I'm, I'm not going to do this ridiculous breathing. With you. Uh, so I stopped and I remember trying to like, um, you know, like touch her. I don't know if I like, just like, you know, we're together, we're going to get this, and it's like, get your hands off of me. <laughs> God, this is so typical of every pregnancy story, right? <laughs> right? Right. So You did this to me! So all, yeah. So all I could do was just, like, sit silently, staring at the street, trying to drive uh, 10 and 2 all the way, and so I, I can't remember, I must have dropped her off and then found a parking space, because there wasn't a lot of parking in that area. So I guess I dropped her off and then 
uh, I ran in and I, I remember uh, the, um, the owner of the birth center saying something like, oh, yep, you're, you're 10 centimeters dilated. Oh, I remember a little build up to that. So I'll just like to back up slightly. Uh, I mean, to, and children, sorry, to be a little graphic. I remember on, in the car right there, I was like, I am. I'm going to poop in this car. It is terrible. It is it's awful. I need to not do that. And it's amazing that I took this like, incredibly intense birth center cl- birth class and never realized that, that that is like, that is pushing. Like that is like the next step of labor when you need to push this baby out of you. And that was what was happening to me in this car. But so when I got to the birth center, I was like, I need the restroom. And of course, like, it's not, it's not poop. I don't, I don't need to poop. I really need to push a baby out of me. So finally I come back out and they said, Yep, you're you're ten centimeters, you know. And I remember her asking me, she's like, she said, "Do you want the blue room or the green room?" And I was just like, "Are are you kidding me? Just just like tell me where to go. Just, I, I don't know. Right. I don't Put care." Me into just, a room. <laughs> um, so they had me get into this big this big tub, and um, they said, "Push push when you're ready." And I remember it was really it was fast. I mean, it was you know, a little bit of pushing, and then there was a baby. And Will was there and he got to catch her as she came out in the water. And um, yeah, sweetie, what were your, your feelings on that? I, so for some reason, I feel like we got there at like 10.05 and the baby and Mira was born at 10.35. So, so you had like the Domino's whole- pizza thing going yeah. like 30 minutes or less or else it's free <laughs> and they were trying to, they were rushing you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm just not very good with, um, medical stuff and blood and so in the, in the room they had both a hot tub and then also a bed so that you could rest after you deliver the baby uh which makes total sense except if your husband gets nauseated like right after the birth uh and i ended up in the bed very quickly like i was just alone in the bed, <laughs> uh, before Elle got there because i was trying not, not, to, not to um lose my breakfast from just, you know, the, the sight of blood and being around a lot of medical processes occurring. Uh, and so eventually Ellen and Mira joined me in uh, the, like, recovery bed. Uh, and they emphasized the importance of doing skin-to-skin contact very early on. So that's what we did. And uh, I don't remember if Ellen nursed right away, but that was one of the things they urged us to do. And um, we practiced doing that. And then, of course, when you have a baby, you start taking photos right away. So we were taking photos, sending photos, calling people, texting people to let them know that it had happened. And it had happened almost three weeks early. Uh, it, it was it was pretty quick. I, I remember calling my mom and my stepmother and my sister that it was go, that it was going down and that, and that it happened. Uh, and you know, the whole day from that moment to the end of the day is kind of a blur. I, I really don't remember. Well, I definitely remember getting the email on my my BlackBerry at the time, Blackberries, um, that said that the the judge had ruled in our favor and that my client had been granted asylum on Mira's birthday. So that was really good news to know that he would get to stay in the United States. Yeah. Well, so so you actually just said the name. So was I I know I know this because obviously I know the whole a lot of the background to this, but, but talk a little bit about name and the process of all that stuff. Cause, cause you've already unveiled it now. You just said it. <laughs> the name of our child. Yes. yes. Yeah. Sweetie, do you want to talk about the, how we named her? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when we got married, 
we needed to find a Hebrew name for the wedding and the ketubah. So we had a Jewish wedding. And so part of the process of having a Jewish wedding is entering into a marriage contract called the ketubah. And so during the wedding process, they sign the ketubah and they read the ketubah. And I have had a Hebrew name since birth, but we had to adopt a Hebrew name for Ellen, uh, who is not Jewish. And we looked through a bunch of possible Hebrew names for uh, the, the ceremony. And I, I think it was that Ellen means something like to light up. And the Hebrew name that we picked for her, Meira, means to illuminate. So pretty close. And then... I really like that name, and so we just decided to anglicize it and to switch it from Ira to Mira, M-E-I-R-A. And so that was how we picked the first name. And then the middle name is Jay, after my father, who I, I mentioned passed away soon after he found out that we were pregnant. I did remember one thing uh, during that day, which is our doula, who was not able to make it for the birth. We, we, you know, we had paid a lot of money for her to be our doula, or Bradley met the teacher. She shows up at the birth center um, after the birth, and uh, she she says, oh, "I'm you know I'm so sorry I wasn't here I wasn't able to be here I was boarding a flight and when when I heard that you were in labor uh, we had already gotten off of the uh, the, the terminal so they wouldn't they weren't going to let me off and so I had to make a huge scene on the airplane which is no you know no safe thing to do." But she said that she had that she was saying that her partner was in labor <laughs> and that she needed to, to go get to, to go attend to her partner being in labor. Now, of course, this woman was probably in her 50s or 60s. But again, it's San Francisco. So you can never question anyone, uh, you know, look, look into the situation more. So they, they actually docked back at the gate and let her off. Now, she didn't make it for the birth, but she was able to meet us at the birth center. during. That's the- pretty awesome. So, so you have a baby now, what, you know, what, go, go from there. I mean, what, talk about your first, first bit as a new family of three. Well, I thought it was funny that we had talked about having family come help us. And, um, I know my, my stepmom had offered to, to come out and come, come help with a baby. Which so, I thought was so had your sister? And my sister, yes. I believe you. Yeah. Um, but I remember Will being like, you know, I really want that first week to be just us, just us bonding with the baby. And I was like, mm, okay. So I, I, I went along with that. But I remember after we were, we were kicked out of the birth center, I mean, they basically like we gave birth at 1030. And then when 5 p.m. rolled around, they're like, Oh, okay, you guys need to go home. And we're like, oh, oh, okay. We have to take this new baby home. Okay. And actually, I think they had tried earlier and we're just like, can we have a few more hours? Um, so we, we drove home and we we're just exhausted. And I remember pretty soon Will called his sister and, um, you know, bless her heart that she showed up that night and she lived in Livermore nearby. And I was just so incredibly thankful that we were able to get a little bit of sleep that night. And she, you know, held this, held this newborn for us. And then, and I remember calling my stepmom being like, Hey, move up your trip. You know, come, come, come right away. (laughs) Come when you can. Yeah. So, so my sister brought burritos and I remember that that was the best burrito I've ever eaten. Like the, 
you know, after a day of stress like that, um, that like food, the food tasted so delicious. She actually went to the birth center because she assumed oh. that no, like no labor process could start and finish in the pro in, in less than eight hours. Uh, <laughs> so that we had to tell her, no, we're back at the apartment. We're, you know, we're home. It was an outpatient type situation at the birth center. So we definitely got pushed out of the birth center. I remember the threat from the owner was that if we couldn't leave, that she would have to have us admitted at a hospital. And so that, that got us to build up the courage to, to get out of there and, and go home. Uh, but Mira was kind of small and she wasn't eating lot at first and so her weight started to drop and she, i think she started at 5 five fourteen or so and then she went down to like five ten. and then by the time she got to five pounds five ounces uh we started to panic i mean they they were considering admitting her to the hospital to try to bulk up her weight and uh we had to we had to wake up every two hours to nurse her and we had to uh like do this terrible thing where you wake a sleeping baby by like moving them up and down in your in your palms so as to like trigger their startle reflex uh i think they're falling and that way they wake up and they can nurse so ultimately we turned the tide and uh we went to um you know from five five to five six to five to five ten again and so everything worked out okay but in the meantime our our doula was visiting at our apartment now and we were just, you know, out of our minds, exhausted and tired. And she was kind of lingering and socializing and chit-chatting. And I think Ellen snapped at her and Aww. said, okay, I think we're good. Thank you. And we've never seen her again. We've never seen her I'm sorry. I'd just like to tell her I'm sorry for that. If you're listening, we're so sorry. Yeah. I, I would hope that they understand that new parents are sleep deprived and not their normal selves. I mean, that's the case for every new parent. Um, I'd also like to apologize to the owner of the birth center because even though, you know, I thought like, oh, she's a little abrasive. I, during the birth, I thought aside from that blue, blue, green color, choose, making me choose much room. I thought she was great. I thought, you know, she was like push when you want. And like, you know, I thought she was in, informative and instructive and I, I felt, felt confident in her hands during the quick birth. So I actually am very thankful for her. And I thought ultimately she did, you know, she was great. Yeah, we, we apologize for... for <laughs> so apologies all around. Abrasive 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Again, when you're going through this, I think nobody is their normal self. It, it, being pregnant brings out like the best and the craziest in people also, like in, in tandem. So, it, you know. Right. Um, I also remember, you know, there's always like a debate over a natural trying for a natural birth versus, you know, using epidural. I remember before we switched to the birth center, when we were still at the, um, the uh, UCSF, what the doctor laughed at me. I was like, Oh, I'd like to have a natural birth. And she was just like, ha, ha, everyone says that she's like, no one does. Ha, ha you know, and like very, very dismissive. And now, you know, I kind of feel like when someone says that, I kind of feel the same way, like, ah, good luck, you know? Um, but but yeah, I mean, by chance, I had a, a perfect, natural, natural, unmedicated birth, only like by default of it being so quick. Because I think, you know, you had that, no choice, right? <laughs> I know. If that pain had continued, I'd be like, bring on the epidural, please. But um, but luckily, it was so fast that there was there was no option. Wow. Um, and 
in our birth class, we were the only ones that, that did that, right? The other people in that, that Bradley method class ended up not, not being as, as fortunate as we were in that regard. So Right. I think everyone else had some kind of complication and at least a right. couple had a C section, I believe. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a it's a, it's an aspirational goal, but one of the things that I that I didn't like about about some of the propaganda that we watched in that class was the sort of undertone of judgment if you can't do the birth. And so for anyone out there listening, you know, you do you. It's everyone has a baby at the end of the process can feel can feel lucky and fortunate regardless of the method that they got there that's exactly right, right. healthy baby and healthy it, parents that's what counts it's fine you know now we have four kids and now we've kind of i i feel like i have some a lot of perspective on it now that yes like i got lucky and i had that natural childbirth and um the second one in a hospital luckily same thing where it's just so fast um but then i had two c-sections i had to go through that you know things just happen and you don't you don't have an option so we will save those stories for um, <laughs> another bonus episode. Which they also are, have a lot of drama as well. They are but. dramatic in their own rights. That's exactly right. So we'll save those ones. But um, yeah, you guys are awesome for you know sharing this with everybody. It's a, it's an incredible story. I mean, again, from my perspective, I, you know, I I lived it. I was the one on the other end of the phone call waiting for Will to darn well call me back. Come on, Will, call back. Tell me what's going on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you were not fast enough for my my taste, and that was not your fault. It was my fault. <laughs> I needed to know what was going on. Um, yeah, so you know, it, it, it's incredible to hear how it rolled out from your side of everything too. So. Yeah, I remember we we entertained a lot of visitors after after the birth, and one of, one of them was from uh, cousin Alan of mine, who um, just like had had no patience for like visiting a baby, of course. And like uh, halfway into the visit, asked, "What is she, what does she do uh, right now in terms of entertaining me?" And I remember saying, "It's a baby. She's not here to entertain you. Just to be here and be sweet." So. Um, of course, we appreciate all the visits and uh, all of the wonderful things that come along with having a, a first child. We are very blessed, and uh, we're very blessed to have four now. Yeah, awesome. Well, Will, thanks for joining yes, us as a, so your much. first time on a podcast. Woo-hoo! Excellent. My pleasure. I, uh, I'm surprised that it went so well, actually, with this <laughs> Wait, you're surprising me, Will? Okay, let me hit recording before, stop recording before we go on to why you're surprised. <laughs> no, it's my, I'm, I'm not surprised that the interview went well. I'm surprised that my microphone held up. Ah, yeah, no, you did great. All right, let's, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. I appreciate um, you taking the time. Thanks, well, I know you were busy today, so. All right, bye. Okay, I'm even into the lesson of the day on my own first birth story. So I think the lesson of the day is that regardless of how you conceive, the babies are very unpredictable. And I will tell you that I've had clients who said, okay, well, we need the baby to come during this week. This day is ideal. It, it just doesn't work that way. It never does. I mean, maybe it, maybe it does when you don't expect it to, but, but babies are very unpredictable. So expect the unexpected when it comes to, to childbirth. Um, so I will go ahead and give the, give the, uh, the beg, the ask to please go ahead and go to iTunes, rate us if you haven't already, um, and join us next time. Take care. Okay. Are you ready, Mirjay? Yeah. Okay. So first, and this is the hardest question you're going to answer this whole interview. Who is your favorite aunt? Auntie Jen. 
Woohoo, I win. All right. So now all the rest of the questions are going to be super easy after this. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What is your favorite fruit? Um, hmm. My favorite fruit is raspberries. Ooh, that's a good one. What is your favorite thing to do with your sister, Lindy? Play with her. Yay. And what about your brothers? Do you have favorite things to do with either of your brothers? Play baby puppy. Ooh, that's a fun game, it sounds like. Where do you think you're going to go to college one day? Berkeley. Ooh, I'm sure there was no help with that at all. (laughs) Uh, what do you, what is one thing that you would like to learn to do in your life? Hmm. Learn to bicycle with no training wheels. That is an excellent thing to learn to do. What is your favorite thing to do with your mommy? Um, go on dates with each other. Very nice. I love it. What kind of dates do you guys go on? Uh... Some ice skating dates and breakfast dates. Ah, fantastic. What is your favorite thing to do with your daddy? Uh, hmm. Um, put on a show for him. Very nice. If you could have any pet in the world, what would you what kind of pet would you want? Hmm. A cat. A cat. Very nice. Now, this is this is a big hard one. What do you want to be when you grow up? A police. Oh, very nice. That's great. So part of what we're interviewing you for and your mommy for is to talk about your birth. Do you remember anything about your birth yourself? Yeah. Yeah? What do you remember about your birth? That I almost got born in a court you you remember that you were almost born in a courtroom that's incredible do you remember anything else about your birth Uh, no no that's okay it's hard to remember your own birth do you know anything about it as your have your parents told you any stories about your birth yeah Yeah? What kind of stories have they told you? About the court one. (laughs) That's excellent. I love it. It is a very memorable story. So do you have anything else that you would want to tell the world if you knew that you were talking on a microphone to the entire world? What would you want to say? I can't think of anything. You don't have to say anything if you can't think of anything. I just thought if you wanted to. Okay. All right. That's all right. So, Mira, it was wonderful interviewing you, and I'm really excited to share everything you have to say with the whole world.